0: Welcome today. Uh, We're so glad you're here, and I'd like for you to turn your Bible and join me, if you would please, to the book of John, chapter number 20. We're taking kind of a a detour. Uh, I'll not be speaking today on the book of Mark, out of the book of Mark. I have been now for about a year and a half, but we'll continue next week, and we'll talk about the rapture and the second coming of Christ next week. And we're glad that you're here. One of our missionaries is here from Brazil, uh, Miss Lanny Wood, Miss Judy Wood. Judy, how long have you been in Brazil, honey? Forty years. How long? 40. You don't look, but thirty. <laughs> so actually, forty, forty-four years ago, you rode our buses. Uh, Forty, four years ago, their kids came to Joy Baptist Temple on our buses and they were saved and uh, started the seminary and graduated and now been on the mission field for 40 years. Y'all not run buses because it costs too much money. They're not beneficial to anybody except Jesus. So I think we'll just buy some more buses when we get our wings done. Jim, could I encourage them where to write and where not to write? Have you already? If you'd like to sign, uh, put scripture on a part of the building, and uh, I I would encourage you to do that. We'd like for you to kind of keep it to that side of the building, this wing over here, the adult wing because all the children's wing is already sheetrocked, And if someone would accidentally write on the sheetrock, it'll bleed through any of the painting or texture and we put on it, but you can write on anything over there. And if Jim ain't moving too fast, or if the staff's not moving real fast, you can write something on them, but we'd encourage you to do that. Uh, it would just be a, a real token for you to do that. And, uh, I wish that you would consider doing it in your Bible to the book of John. And I don't have time to preach the whole book. But look at chapter number 20. And please join me as I read for your listening. Verse 30 and 31. And this is a very special day, and I'd like to think this is a very special message, not a sermon, but a message from the Lord to you. The Bible says, in summing up the book of John and many other signs, truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that believing ye might have life through his name this book is all about life Life is precious if it's lived in harmony with God's will. Life is unbearable if it's lived in conjunction to this world. Because this world and the lust thereof passes away. I said a couple of weeks ago, and some of you folk got about half mad at me, but this world is wearing out. I'm not concerned about the ozone, or the whales, or the spotted owls, or how many dinosaurs could you get on the ark. Somebody asked me, how would you get two dinosaurs on the ark? I said, very carefully. (laughs) I am concerned about life. We only have one. And God help us if we waste it. God help us if we come to the end of life. And somebody has to lie to eulogize us. God, help us. It's all about life. Please, as the book of John opens in chapter 1, can I please read for your learning? The Bible says in verse 1 of John... John's whole purpose in writing the book is to teach us the deity of Christ. To teach us that God loved us so much that he became a man and lived among us and felt what we feel and still. Loves us. Verse 1. In the beginning. You see you can't get any farther back than that. Unless. You are eternal. And if you are eternal. There is. No beginning. And it's strange that the Bible said. I give unto them. Eternal. Eternal. Life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. Outside of him, there's no life, just a meager existence. Just go to bed tonight only to get up and face the same sorrows and heartaches all by yourself again. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's all about life. This church is not here to show its magnificent architecture, it's not here to occupy your time with air conditioning. For three hours every Sunday morning. (laughs) This church is not here to make you comfortable. This church is not here. To be friendly. Seeker friendly. This church is here to be savior friendly. We're not here to adjust. To your whims and your wants. We are here to adjust you to what God and Jesus Christ wants. It's all about life. Do you have the Lord's kind of life? 1 John chapter 5 is an awful good verse that I'd like to read for you. And in 1 John 5, verse number 11, I read for you these verses. And this is the record. 1 John 5, verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life. Is in his son. This is the record that God gives to us. It's all about life. About life abundant. And life eternal. To be saved is just not to have eternal life. But to be saved is to be indwelt with Jesus Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit and have him give you abundant life. Many of us have that eternal life. And we know if we were to die today, heaven would be our home for sure. But we're living a beggarly life, miserable, arguing, fussing and fighting, hell raising and sorry one day and sorrier the next. Why is it we have eternal life, but no abundant life? Listen to what he says in verse 12. You really don't need a, a rocket scientist or a theologian to understand this verse. Verse 12, 1 John 5. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. What kindergarten kid can't understand that? But yet we have adults with with bachelor degrees still wrestling with that. How in the world can I know I have eternal life? How can anybody read the Bible and not know something about life? The only reason Jesus came was to give us life. Have you ever seen as many miserable Baptists in all your life? (laughs) Most of them come to church looking like they had their ground glass for breakfast. And when you shake their hand, you know they had gunpowder in their postostes. They're ready to blow up on you. Come on, say amen, some of you. We drag into church like dead flies has fallen off of us. Sit in our pew that we've been sitting in for so long, it smells like us. Can't whoop up an amen because we save it for the cowboys. I'm just saying, folk, I'm talking to you about Jesus kind of life. I'm talking to you about something that not only affects your eternity, but affect affects today and tomorrow and the rest of your life. I'm talking about something to put a shout in your voice when things seem to be going wrong. I'm talking to you about the kind of life that when the hounds of hell surround you as Daniel in the lion's den, you can sing, I could stay all night. Do you know anything about this kind of life? Not a Baptist kind of life, but a Jesus kind of life. You said, preacher, I, I, I just don't think you can know that. I'm glad you brought that up. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe... On the name of the son of God. And that you might know that you have eternal life. And that they might believe on the name of the son of God. Notice it didn't say ask him into your heart. Notice it did not say if you say a prayer that is long enough. Notice it did not say if you come and kneel at an altar. It says if you believe, trust in Jesus Christ as God's Savior for mankind. Do you know anything at all about life? About eternal life. I thought I'd just spend a little time today speaking to you about the only thing the Bible is about. It's about life. I just thought I'd drop by to tell you today that Luke describes why Jesus came to this earth. Luke in chapter 19, verse 10, looking at Zacchaeus up a sycamore tree. He told Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. Listen now, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Preacher, would you please describe lost to me? Lost means you don't know which way it is back to the house. Lost means you're just wandering around. Not knowing how to get back home. Lost don't even sound like an encouraging word. Saved does, but lost. Thank God I'm saved. But thank God I'm not lost. Well, preacher, I don't think you can know for sure how to get to heaven. That's evidence you're lost. You don't need to be a theologian to find out whether you're saved or lost or not. But I have some good news for you. If you're not saved, you're the very reason Jesus came to this earth. He didn't come and raise on the third day so we could have rabbits that laid eggs. (laughs) Do you think that's what Easter's all about? He didn't come and die on a cross so that you could have an emblem to hang about your neck and ward off vampires the next time you go home. (laughs) He didn't come so that we Baptists could sit around and show everybody how miserable we are. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. See, you you fall into two categories, either saved or lost. A lot of denominations. But the Bible is not a denominational book. It is a Jesus book. And it describes either you are saved or you're lost. You have life or you do not have life. Notice, if you would please, in our text in verse 30 of John chapter number 20, the Bible says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. A sign is not our goal. The sign always directs us to our goal. Too bad too many Christians have got hung up on signs and they've missed the goal. Some folk can say they can lay hands on you and heal you. But they do not know that God gives eternal life. Because they preach you can lose it. Isn't it amazing? You can lose your salvation, but you don't lose the power to put a dirty hand on an empty head. A sign is not... The destination, the sign is to direct us to the destination. And so many folks are looking for signs that you've missed the destination. So John said, there were many other signs not recorded in this book, his book, the book of John but I have chosen, he said, seven signs. By the way, the number seven in the Bible is a number for completion. And John said, I have chosen seven signs and those signs are sufficient to guide you to your destination. Life in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? So the first thing we'd look at for the next two minutes, I'd like to talk to you about the sayings and signs of Jesus. Then I'll talk to you real quickly about the sacrifice of Jesus. And then I'll close real quickly with the significance of Jesus. Can you get to heaven without him the bible said if you have the son you have life and have it more abundantly do you have that kind of life is your life wrapped up in a person, a baby, a business, a hobby. If your life is wrapped up in golf, wait a few years and your swing gets shorter and the ball gets closer and you will have wasted wasted your opportunity to have life how many folks are taking their life how many folks are ruining their life by putting chemicals how many folks is hurting their life working hour upon hour to try to accumulate something that your kids will fight over when you die So that's a good reason to leave it to the church. I will not fight over it. That way I can have life. (laughs) Many other signs, he said. But he says they're too numerous in the book of John, chapter 21. All the signs were too numerous, the Bible said, if we to write down everything that Jesus did and all the good that he did and all the people that he blessed and everything that the libraries in the world could not contain them, they said. So John said, I am not going to try to impress you with Jesus' miracles. I just want to use seven of them to direct you to your destination it's all about life who do you say that jesus is i got a little book here in fact i got a lot of little books The Jesus that this denomination is talking about was not conceived of the Holy Ghost but by a physical relationship of the Mormon God who is an exalted man. Jesus Christ was not begotten by the Holy Ghost. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 5. Jesus and God the Father are polygamist. We have now clearly shown that God the Father had plural wives, one or more being in eternity. We have also proven that God the Father and Jesus Christ inherited their wives in eternity. Who do you say that Jesus is? Only men... Who become gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. The Christ followed by this denomination is not the Christ followed by traditional Christianity. Good people, oh, yes. Pay their bills on regular, I hope. Wash their feet, keep them from stinking, I hope. Who do you say that Jesus is? Is your Jesus a polygamist? Is your Jesus the direct result of a fornicative relationship? Could I read you something? But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Is Christ this Christ? Or is the Christ of this book? Then why don't you act like it? Your Christ just might as well be a polygamist. No more loyal than you are to him. You said, preacher, don't run folks off. Hey, man, this is the only change I get on you. You say, I ain't coming back, but you're getting a full load this trip. See, it's all about life. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus Christ. And you believing that He is the Son of God. Do you believe that He lived a sinless life? I believe He lived a sinless life. I believe it beyond a doubt. I believe He was born of a virgin. In fulfillment of Isaiah seven fourteen, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which meaning God with us. This Jesus that we serve and this Jesus that this church tries to represent, is he the sinless, virgin, born son of God? Amen. Why don't you live like it? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died a vicarious death? Vicarious means dying for someone else. And the Bible said, who is on self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life and died a vicarious death and died for men and your sins. Is anybody who believes that? Then why haven't you accepted him for the payment of your sins? This is a question and answer deal. Do you believe that he was buried in a borrowed tomb? Have you ever wondered why it was borrowed? He wasn't going to need it but three days. That must mean you believe that on the third day he rose again. Amen. He's not laying in some glass casket where you can walk by and pay penance and pray to a, to a mummy or a dummy in a casket. Thank God he arose from the dead. Amen. Is that your Christ? Amen. Is that your Jesus? Amen. Well, I tell you, some of us look like we missed it. The sayings. And what did Jesus say about himself? Well, in the book of John, there are what is known as the I am's of Jesus. In John 6, he said, I am the bread of life. After he has fed 5,000 folks with just a few loaves and a few fishes, and they are trying to figure out what it's all about. Jesus interprets for our disciples, you are looking, they said. Jesus pointed to himself and said, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 10, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall have life. In John chapter 14, I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And the last, I am the true vine. And then brazenly and bold as a lion in the face of his adversaries. In John 8, 58, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am not, our, not I was not I will be I am and from his own mouth he was declaring that he was the I am God who told Moses to go tell Pharaoh I am sent you see you can't compare God to a star, because God was here before the star. Uh, you can't compare God to the earth, because God was here before the earth. If He was ever anything before Him, He could not say, I am. He would have to say, I was. And if there's anything ever going to be beyond him, he couldn't say I am. Because he is in the great present of I am. Everything is I am with God. Maybe he's saying I am what you need. Maybe he's saying I am what you ain't got. Maybe he's saying I am able to take care of what you're doing. Maybe he's saying, I'm able, I am able to take you to heaven when you die. He said, I am. Oh, I I don't have time. I got to close because that's the introduction. But I'm glad you're here for that. (laughs) Notice he said many signs. That's what he said. Many other signs, truly. Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. And then he said, but these signs, referring back to the first verse, but these are written that you might what? He got 12 disciples with him who just like us has their everyday problems, have their everyday needs. And Jesus made the trip down the golden staircase and got off in Bethlehem's manger in the form of a little bitty baby. Was not born in ivory palaces, but born in absolute poverty. Raised in poverty. Now he summons 12 men to carry on the work of eternal God after Jesus goes back to heaven. And he chooses seven Signs or miracles. To teach these guys. He was who he said he was. See they didn't have the King James Bible then. They were in busy writing it. And so these 12 disciples needed some assurance. That he was. Who he said he was. And these are written. That ye might. Believe. Not in signs. Not in wonders. Not so you could go try to walk on water. These are signs. Along the way. To direct you. To your destination. Don't get hung up. On signs. Jesus was walking. Very early in his ministry. And he attended a wedding. In John chapter number 2. And the most embarrassing thing. Could happen. Happened to the host. In the middle of the wedding. They ran out of wine. Jesus mother was there. And she said. I know something. You folk don't know. I know somebody that you need to get acquainted with. And she said, son, they're out of wine. He said, no biggie. Go get some jugs and put water in them. Now I know that wouldn't have messed your mind at all. If he actually turned the water to wine. At least that's a step. That's the first sign. To get Peter to say. Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. And there's seven of those signs. You can follow them. I will not take you through there. John 4. He heals the nobleman's son. John 5. Walks by the pool of Bethsaida. And heals the man. Chapter 6, he feeds 5,000 with a big D or Captain D's kitty special. Chapter 6, he walks on the water. In chapter 9, he heals the blind man who was blind from birth. And in John chapter number 11 for a grand finale, he says, Lazarus, come forth. These are written Signs and sayings are written. Not to get hung up on the signs and the sayings, but to get hung up on life. That's why he came, to give you life. Think about Jesus' sacrifice. Number one, he predicted it three times in the book of Mark. He tells the disciples, I must go to Jerusalem. I will be mistreated by the priest and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the other seas you can't see. And then I will die. I will be crucified. I will be buried and will rise again. He predicted his own death. Now, don't miss this. And he not only initiated it, but he allowed it. He said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up. Do you believe that Jesus Christ hung on a tree called the cross for your sins? Amen. And do you believe that he was buried and on the third day he rose again? Amen. Do you believe he could have called 10,000 angels? Do you believe he could summon a legion of angels? But he voluntarily, for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son. Who shall believe in them should not perish, but have what? (laughs) Wow. Do you have (coughs) everlasting life? Well, preacher, I'm not a Baptist. I want, I want to get you in on the, on the latest news. Jesus is going to let folk in heaven who are not Baptists. In fact, probably he'll have a different line for Baptist And say, you wait here a minute. I'm going to let this Pentecostal through. They acted like they enjoy it. Come on, have a good time. The sacrifice of Jesus. He predicted it. He allowed it. The sayings and the signs. But what's the significance? That you might believe that he is the son of God. And believing you might have what? It's all about life. It's all about life. And if you'll let the devil, he will suck and he will lie and he will cheat you out of life. A meager existence is not why Jesus came. To argue over insignificant things is not why Jesus came. It's all about life. Listen, he that hath the Son hath what? He that hath not the Son hath not? Is there anybody here today that cannot understand that life is in Jesus Christ? The Bible says that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus did not just come to give us eternal life. He didn't come to die so that we could live a meager, lonesome, pitiful, hurt in life until we die. Then we get eternal life. That's what most folk believe. Oh, I just can't wait to get out of this life. Then I can shout. Why can't you shout now? You say you ain't got nothing to shout about. Come talk to me. I'll tell you something you can shout about. (laughs) Just go. Can you still do that? I know it'll make some of you get real nausea, but. (laughs) Try it. That means, you ignorant sucker, you got life. Ignoramuses. Hey, man. Can I help you a little bit? When you walk into church, won't you act like you got life? Instead of falling in your pew, Wiggling like an old satin hen, getting real comfortable and put a watch in my face. <laughs> That's not what Jesus came to give us. Oh, i You don't understand. I got something to do this evening. Then you ought to have done it. Not come to church. That way you could have warmed up for it and had a good time doing what you should not be doing. But stood and be in church. You say you're going to make somebody mad. That'll just prove you got life. Abundant life. A life of peace. Chapter 20. And verse 19. And the same day and evening. Being the first day of the week. When the doors were shut. Where the disciples were assembled. For fear of the Jews. Came Jesus and stood in the midst. And said unto them. Peace be unto you. Man, I'll tell you. Read something one day and it changed my life. And I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Trust in the Lord Jehovah for in him is everlasting strength. Peace. Peace 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 I don't have to get out of a bottle peace that I don't have to smoke 14 camels and ride around and say, what day is it hump day <laughs> everybody dreads hump day Don't it feel good to smile in life? <laughs> a merry heart doth good like medicine, the Bible says. It's all about life. Abundant life. A life of peace. Notice, a life of purpose. Yeah. I used to be a tool and die maker. And I really thought that was... What is all about. And then I got saved. And I found a bigger purpose. An eternal purpose. And I have peace now. I know there'll be stumps along the way. And I know there'll be detours along the way. And I know there'll be hurt and disappointments. And there'll be hitchhikers and thieves along the way but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Abundant life, a life of peace, a life of purpose, a life of presence. I told my wife, when I die, don't you sing, I came to the garden alone. Everybody likes that song, I suppose. I don't. Since I've been saved, I ain't gone anywhere by myself. Not to the garden. Not anywhere. I will never leave thee. Nor forsake thee. What? Know ye not that your body. Is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Which you have of God. You're not your own. You're bought. With a price. Somebody said I hope you. You think you can whip God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit me at the same time? If I was you, I might ask somebody for some help. Yeah. <laughs> Abundant life. A life of peace. A life of purpose. A life of presence. A life of power. Amen. But ye shall receive power. After the, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Man, that's dynamite. I got something I didn't smile about. You said you're ugly. That's just your opinion. That's my wife. She'll tell you. That I got it, buddy. No, she'll tell you that I had it. That's what you said. A life of peace. A life of purpose. A life of presence. Today when you go home. Just you and your wife. It's not just you and your wife. Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit is there. God will either be honored or God will be dishonored. It's all about life. Do you have abundant life? If God were to kick you in the heel right now and say, shout, would you? (laughs) If God would reach down and pull your chain and say, Shout. You'd probably say, not in this place. It embarrassed me in this place. But you'll shout at the ball game. You say you think things about the quarterback you ain't supposed to be thinking at a ball game. In fact, I'm so glad you even think at a ball game. Some of us come to church and just throw it in neutral. I'm done. You said, you're lying. No, I'm done. It's all about life. It's about abundant life in this life. And eternal life. In the life to come. Listen. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Okay, that's life. That starts at a particular instant and extends all the way into eternity future. Everlasting life. Life with a beginning and no end. John ten twenty eight. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For the Father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Eternal life. Not everlasting life. You say it's the same thing. Why ain't it on the same page in the dictionary then? Eternal. Everlasting. Hey, listen. It's all about life. That's what the book's all about. It's about life. Either you got it or you don't. And if you don't have it, the book tells you how to get it. So now we've done straightened out everlasting life. That's life with a beginning. 47 years ago, in my living room, in fact, a fellow told me last week, he said, 47 years ago, this coming Thursday, I knelt in my living room and asked Jesus... To forgive me of my sins, and I put my faith and trust in him to take me to heaven. I commenced everlasting life 47 years ago. And gets gooder and gooder all the time. But now Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life. It's all about life. Who is the only being in all the universe? That is eternal. It's God. Eternal means. Are you ready? Wake up. Eternal means. Without beginning. Or without end. So then. When I got saved 47 years ago. I not only got eternal life. That away, I got eternal life that way. Because now I am in Him. It's all about life. I said, it's all about life. Do you have this Jesus kind of life? During the 2007 and 2008 NFL regular season see, so how do you remember all this? The New England Patriots quarterback. Tom Brady, set the record for the most touchdown passes in regular season, paving the way for his winning MVP award and the third Super Bowl at the age of 30. He sat down with a 60 60 Minutes journalist, Steve Croft, And he said, despite the fame and the career accomplishments, Brady told Croft that he felt like something is still missing. Millions of dollars income. All the football groupies in the world. And they are pretty groupies. Anything money could buy. Fame, the best quarterback. Fame, well known. But Mr. Croft, something is missing. He said, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater outside of me? What a shame. I mean, a lot of people would say if they had what I would have, they would say that's what it's all about. The fame, the money, the talent. said, I've reached my gold and my dream and my life. But I think there's just got to be more. Croft pressed Brady to what he meant and Brady said I wish I knew I love playing football and I love being quarterback for the team but at the same time I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find I've got good news he can stop looking He needs to know the one who turned the water to wine and healed the official son and fed 5,000 with fish and just a little piece of bread and he walked on water. If you're looking for life, you'll never find it until you come to Jesus because he is the life.